It's the weekend, which means we're back with the ladies' football edition of the Curtain Razor. On tonight's show, we talk to Mayo News journalist Ger Flanagan, who gives us the inside scoop on the Mayo Club Championship, the Kelly sisters signing for West Coast Eagles, and what that means for the green and red later in the year. And we're also joined by our Mar chairperson, Sinead Reel, who talks to us about the ongoing developments at McKeever Park, its importance for the future of football in the county, and who she thinks will reign supreme in this year's Orchard County Championships. We'll have all the weekend fixtures and the midweek results here on The Curtain Razor. So we'll start with the midweek results to hand and in the Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship. It finished Kilmichael Groves 4-21, Clonagale Fontenay 1-9. Ballyboden St. Enders 3-15, St. Bridget's 3-11. Nafina 9-9, St. Sylvester's 2-6. And Clontarf 3-13, Thomas Davis 2-11. Moving to the Mead Senior Ladies Football Championship, Dunboyne 4-13, Simonstown 9 points. Sinchelstown 3-12, St. Michael's 5-5. Dunhamore Ashburn 114, Old Castle 7 points, and Afina 110, Portsmouth 10 points. And finally, the Kildare Senior Ladies Football Championship, Eadstown 113, Leaks up 2 4, Sarsfield 712, Moorfield a point, Convey 810, Carberry 210, and St. Lawrence's 1111, Suncroft 210. I'm delighted to be joined now by Ger Flanagan from the Mayo News and we're going to have a chat about the upcoming Mayo Senior Club Championship and also a chat about um, Mayo's potential fortunes for later in the year and a few other bits. First, Ger, good afternoon. Thanks a million, Darren. Great to be here and yeah, great to be uh, chatting about football again. I didn't think it'd be back there two or three months ago, so um, yeah, definitely, definitely optimistic in Mayo. I was actually, would you believe it there earlier on today, I was out uh, swinging a few golf balls for the first time in a few weeks because we suddenly went from doing nothing <laughs> to just being back a mile a minute. And as you say, there was great being back talking about football, but it's kind of just all of a sudden just coming back to what we're used to. Yeah, I had mad intentions to get back playing golf myself there when, when I thought the football wasn't going to start. And I got as far as buying the set of clubs. And I think literally the day after I bought the set of clubs, they announced that the, the championship is going to be back. So all that free time I thought I was going to have is gone now. But <laughs> I'll have them for again anyway. I I just took the driver out with me there myself then. But this, you know well it's a month since I was at it. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> But anyway, as we mentioned, we're back talking about football. And of course, a lot of eyes will always be on the Mayo Senior Ladies Football Championship every year, probably based on one particular name. Is there anything that can stop the Carnicon juggernaut going for 22 titles in a row? I don't think so, Darren, no. Um, It's still still a situation in Mayo where where, where it's club they're trying to close that gap with Carnicon. They're just that bit further down the road. Um, than, than the chasing back now there are a number of teams coming close they're they're pushing hard my Davids have showed promise in the last couple of years Westport I think uh, in the next 10 years are going to be the powerhouse of Mayo Mayo ladies football but at the minute you know there's still such an experienced uh, spine of that Carnacone team you know your household names your Coruscantons your McGings your, your Fionn McKay's your Durian Hughes they're just further down the track so I still think it's at a stage where the the teams behind are trying to close that gap and I don't think they're going to be able to do it this year. I'm glad you mentioned Westport there because they're Carnicon's first opponents at the weekend. Uh, I think they had a, a minor another 16 victory against them recently. They're doing good work as underage and as you just touched on there as well, they're showing signs that they could be the next ones to step up down the line. 
they're showing massive signs and, and, and doing huge work in underage. Um, they actually received the um, Volunteers of the Year Award at the Mayo News Club Stars a couple of years ago. And incredibly, they have over 400 members in the Mayo LGFA Club back in Westport. So it, it, it's staggering. They've, they have a number of teams at each grade coming up through a lot of talent coming up through the team. Um, the senior team is very young. You know, I think other than the likes of Noreen Moore in there and, and, and Nicola O'Malley, who I think would be the more experienced um, experienced crew of that team you, you have a really really young core group of players the majority of the senior team would have been would have been met up from the minor team last year and you know they're winning underage county titles like they're going out of fashion and you know it wouldn't take a genius in, in Mayo to, to predict that they're going to be the powerhouse of Mayo football in probably the next 10 years and, and it, it's a trend as well that's, that's following the men's game as well the, the, the men's club in Westport is, is equally um, equally going as strong but um It'll be an interesting. It'll be it'll be a big battle for them now. You know, um, I think it'll be they'll be going out there and just try to put up a, a, a big performance, and and there'll be no pressure on them. There never is against Carnacone, but um, it'll be interesting to see. But I don't think it's going to go well for them on the day, unfortunately. Because I was just going to ask there as well as uh, based on all the circumstances and it's everyone's first competitive game out where nobody knows where they are, including Carnacone. Can they give them a game? It, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very, very difficult because, as I said, they're so young and and like they're you know the average age of that team. Take out Nori Moran, who was in her kind of mid to late twenties, and and um, I'd say the average is twenty years old. Like you know these these players are coming up against Core Staunton, you know Michelle McGain, you know Maria Corbett, Martha Carter, Fiona McHale, you know former Mayo legends and current Mayo legends, former All Stars. You know they're oh, so, so much further. Yeah, they're so much further down the track in terms of experience, in terms of physicality as well, which, which is a big thing that the Carnacun players have. But, you know, they, they do play an exciting brand of football. They're quick, they're pacey, they're young, they're fearless. Um, I don't think they're going to go close, but, you know, it's a learning curve for, for Westport. And I think the Westport management team is going to be saying that to them. Look, go out there, you have nothing to lose. Put on a performance and, and just stamp a bit of authority out there. Of course, that's in Group 2 as well. and there'll be two other teams to keep an eye on as well. Kilmore Moy, Sarah Rowan all run up against Knockmore, who have been in two recent county finals, and both those teams will have ambitions for the season. Yeah, and then Kilmore Moy are coming off the back of the intermediate title last year, so there'll be a bit of a bounce in them, um, driven on, obviously, by Sarah Rowe, who you know is a, a different level at a club level. Um, and it's going to be a nice uh, North Mayo battle there between, between Knockmore and, and Kilmore Moy. They're only a few miles over the road from each other know each other really well and uh, Knockmore were in the county final there the year before last took a heavy enough beating off Karen uh, Cohn at the time but they have a lot of good players there like Cicero Mulville you know Sean Howley Amy O'Connor good talent of football that's going to be a real battle because Kilmer Moy uh, a young team you know not on the not on the block a long time but they've plenty of young players like Kira White there who would have, we, we would have seen with Mayo um, the last few months, Mira McHale is another talented footballer. So I think that's going to be a really, really good fixture. It's, it, you know, it's a good North Mayo derby and everyone in Mayo loves a good North Mayo derby. Especially first day out as well. Uh, feel free to include Westport in this if you wish. Is this game yes. a, like an effective quarterfinal? Could these two be playing for the right to join Carnegie in the semis? Most likely, I'd say. Yeah, most likely. Um, no, I wouldn't completely rule out Westport, but I think not more probably the strongest team out of that, out of that four. Um, just from the experience, they've, they've been senior a lot longer than than Kilmer Moy and, and and Westport. So I think yeah, I think you're bang on the money there when you say that's the that's the quarter final game there. 
that is Group 2 of the Championship. Let's move to Group 1, and we'll talk about last year's finalist in a second, but uh, one the first game we have down here in front of us, Hollymount against uh, Swinford Glasser. Uh, Swinford will be happy to have said and seen your last year and look to make an impact. Yeah, it's uh, another interesting game. You know, they're going to fancy themselves in this um but for Clatter, they're a small club. They don't have a massive pick, but we've seen a, a nice few of their of their players represent the Mayo over the last year. Peter Lee has kind of integrated them, likes of Ephraim Neal. Um, Roisin Durkin is another player that we would have seen um, had a couple of good performances for Mayo. Neve Casey, um, Neve Ansborough. So there are names that we know, but as I said, they, they have a small pick and they're coming up against, um, against Hollymount, who would be a small club, but have a, a pretty big catchment, catchment area. Um, it's going to be an interesting one if I was going to if I was going to predict it I think I'd go for Swinford Lasser um, and the funny thing actually about Hollymount they're actually the last team to win a Mayo Senior County title uh, other than Carnacon I think back in 2000 was the year they, uh, they separated Carnacon's first and second win It's amazing when you say 2000 there we know Carnacon have dominated Mayo football but uh, to even say a year like that and go that's the last time as well. The other game in the group, your shoes, sorry, taking on last year's finalist, Moy Davids. Moy Davids will probably go into this as favourites. Yeah, and, and Moy Davids will be a team that I'd be looking at as the most likely challengers of Carnacon um, within the next couple of years. They got to the county final last year, lost fairly comfortably in the end. I think it could have been a nine or nine or ten point defeat. Um, and it was a surprise. I, I did think they were going to go a bit closer because they've a good they've a good talented team there. You know, other than, other than the Kellys, obviously, Neve and Grace, um, you have the likes of Fiona Doherty, who's, who's had a couple of big games for Mayo. You have uh, Tracy Hall, who's, who's played for Mayo. You have Siobhan Wilson, who's been involved at Mayo as well. So I think they're the, they're going to be the, the, the chasing team. I think the gap is going to be smaller this year because I think uh, I think Moy Davids have, have come on further down the line. Um, coming up against a Burr-Shule team who, you know, similar to the men's team, not, you get nothing easy from Burr-Shule. They're a small little tight-knit community there in, in, in Newport and uh, in order to have a couple of good players in Kieran and Clodagh McManaman and the, the twins that, that we've seen at Mayo as well. So it's been nothing easy, but um, I would fancy my Davids having a good crack at Carnacon this year. My Davids one to watch as well. We'll come back for predictions, even though I think we've half answered them already, Jerry, <laughs> in a couple of moments. But when we talk about my Davids, of course, the big news this week is that Grace and Neve Kelly have signed uh, contract extensions with the West Coast Eagles, mm. having a major impact down there. And also, I have to ask the question: How is this going to affect their Mayo future? Well, I think that's the big question that everyone was asking when we when we saw the news that. Uh, both, both Kelly sisters will be coming back out to Australia next year. Of course, Peter Lee he, um, came out, I think it was on Midwest Radio, made the statement there um, about a month or so back that uh, basically you're, you're going to have to choose getting football with Mayo or playing down under. Um, and it you know, caused, caused quite a stir in Mayo, those comments, because um, it's, it's you know, playing, playing half the season in Australia and then coming back and playing the latter stages of the league and, and, and then for championship is something that we've seen from um, of course, Daunton, Cyril, and the Kellys previously. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, Peter Leahy is, is going to have to leave out his, his captain last year and, and Grace Kelly, two of the most talented players in the county. Um, you know, you'd have absolutely uh, no doubt that I think Neve and Grace made the right decision to go play in Australia again. You know, I spoke to both of them actually over the last six months and they really enjoyed their, their first year down there. Of course, Grace was unlucky that she suffered a pretty serious knee injury in her in her last game with 
with, with them before she before she came home. But by all accounts, when I was talking to them, they're enjoying it, loving the professional lifestyle, and they're they're built for the game. They're you know they're complete athletes, powerful runners, pacey, good good skill set. Um, so it's going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see what Peter Lee does. Does he go back on his word? Does he allow the Kelly sisters? Because no doubt it's not just going to be the Kelly sisters that are going to be going to Australia. I'd be very surprised if Sarah Rhodes go back to Collingwood and Aileen Gilroy too. So I think watch the space and we're going to see what Peter Lee, Lee says next. And it even brings us into just talking about Mayo later in the year. And of course, we don't know yet if Peter was talking about this year's campaign or from 2021 onwards. But it was the... the looks like the toughest group for the championship this year, Mayo, Armagh and Tyrone. Uh, one only to qualify this year. We certainly know what Mayo are capable of if they can get themselves to the latter stages of competition. How do you see that group panning out? You know, Mayo have, Mayo have had a good record against Armagh and Tyrone. They recorded wins over them recently. Um, I would be confident for, for Mayo's chances. Um, I think if Peter Lee can get the, get the whole team together, there is a lot of talent there. He has them playing exciting football. I think their style of play makes them um, stronger and puts them at a big advantage against Armand and Tyrone, who are kind of that bit more defensively. Mayo are nice and expansive. They play quick ball, um, driven on by a lot of, a lot of pacey forwards. So I would be confident for them um, getting getting out of that group. And I suppose just going back to the year itself, it's a, it's a big year for Mayo. You know, Peter Lee, since he's come in, you know, he has been kind of me saying that... Um, you know, he's. This is a a, a building up. You know, and and we're we're building and we're building and we're, and we're we're still a bit behind Galway, but you know, he's three or four years in the job now, and I think he 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 needs to deliver over the next year or two because it's not going to be any easier, particularly if he sticks sticks by his guns and and and, and doesn't allow the uh, the Aussie-born players to come back. Yeah, because even if they do come out of the group as well, it's a big match against Dublin. And like they've shown too, like last year against Galway, there was there was pretty much nothing in it. A point at the end of the day too that uh, it'll be vindication for himself if he can get Mayo to the promised land, despite all the bits that have gone on in the background as well. But as you said, there there's a lot to watch in the meantime in regards to decisions that are made. There is, uh, and you no, know, I think a big thing in Mayo at the minute as well, and a big talking point is that. Mayo actually haven't defeated Galway since uh, Peter Lee take over, and you know when you go three or four years without beating your your biggest rivalry, your biggest rival, should I say? It, it, it you know it annoys people, and because you don't want to be losing to Galway every year, and there'll be a bit of pressure going on Peter Lee this year. Obviously, you're going to have to get past the might of the Dubs, um, who they haven't performed too badly against. Like you know, you're talking about you know a different level team here, but you would be hoping that on their day they might be able to catch them and and set up set up a, a match against Galway, but. You know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this year. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting, but it's exciting. You know, it's exciting, and and we're looking forward to it. Uh, you be confident enough that they'll get that chance to have a go at Dublin? I, I'd be optimistic. You know, I, I I think I think they all have a lot of talented footballers, and that's one of the reasons why I do think they they could they could progress into the latter stages. You know, like the names I mentioned, the Kelly sisters, Sarah Rowe, Aileen Gilroy. A lot of good footballers, you know, and I think if, if if you can just get them primed right, you know, I think experience probably cost them in in, in previous games. And um, you know, think it back to that goal again last year, the All Ireland semi final, um, in in the closing stages, a couple of decisions here or there could have gone against them. Um, you know, it was a brutal game by by all accounts, but if Mayo were a bit cuter, a bit more experienced, they might have got got over that line. And, and one player I, I forgot to mention, of course, is, is Richard Kearns. You know the. You know, start from last year, a super full forward with 
when Rachel gets going and she's in full flight, she's hard to stop. And then yeah, you, you have the, the players around her. So that's why I'm kind of I'm kind of optimistic. Defensively, they have looked a bit um, a bit frail at times, a bit weak. They wouldn't have the stronger players um, in in their defence. So it'll be interesting to see if Peter Lee still opts to play with that high pressure game. Um, where he commits a lot of body forward or will he kind of go back to a ways where he's going to drop a couple of players back maybe play a small bit more like Galway who, who like to drop players back for straight teams so that'll be interesting too and it's a, it, it's a big talking point for Peter Lee I think Well it's because you were saying they're based on what they've picked up from last year in regards give them the chance to progress going back to the clubs um, Ger, we'll two questions before I let you go um, before we finish up with the senior again we don't have time to go to intermediate and junior and all that but is there any clubs in Mayo in particular in those grades we should be keeping an eye out for that could have a good year I think I think Mikhail Rovers um, Rachel Kern's club who got the All-Ireland semi-final I think it was the All-Ireland junior semi-final last year um, they're definitely ones to watch uh, you know Rachel at inter-county level her speed her physicality it's Unmarkable at times, and you know you can only imagine what that's like at club level. So I'd be keeping an eye on on on, on Mikhail Rovers. They have a good bounce. They've a, a big catchment area up there in North Mayo. Kind of covers uh, Laherdon, Crossbellina, and and that area. And um, you know that junior title that they won last year was their first title ever, and that went down. That went down really well. They really enjoyed it. So there's that you know that real bounce from that county title. So I, I'd be looking at them. Mikhail Rovers one we'll keep an eye on and finally we go back to the senior uh, I'll, I'll put the question like this Base, where I, I'm guessing the prediction is Karnakon to beat Moy Davids in the final but who can come closest to ups, to um, stopping that happen? I think Moy Davids are, are going to come closest to I think they're going to get to the county final they're going to get out of group A um, if, I, if I was going to back a, a third place team I think Westport Westport might do it this year. Um, they be my dark horse. You know, they're they're young and exciting. Um, I think one thing that will stand to them is that Karen Cohn and my dad don't actually know an awful lot about them as opposed to what they would like to your Knockmores and your Hollymouths and your Burr Shoes because they've kind of retained the same team over the last year. So, um, Karen Cohn, the winners. I think my Davids are going to push them pretty close in the county final, and uh, Westport are going to be my dark horse. We'll definitely keep an extra eye on that game on Sunday as well and throughout the Mayo campaign. Gerard Flanagan from the Mayo News, thanks a million for joining us here in Sportfest. Thank you, Darren. I'm delighted now to be joined by Armagh Ladies Football Chairperson Sinead Real. We're going to talk about all things Armagh, including the club championship in a moment. First, Sinead, good afternoon. Darren, how's it going? How are you? I'm good now, and yourself? All good, thank God, yeah. Sinead, it's a big weekend coming up with the start of the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Championship. But before we talk about that, um, I was particularly looking forward to talking to you today because while we're enjoying the fact this activity is happening again on the pitches, uh, as there's a lot going on on the field, but also off the field. There is, yeah. Um, we've been working very hard in the background um, on our new development, McKeever Park. Um something that has been in the pipeline for long many a day and last year we took the plunge and we um got ground to work on and we are at that stage now covid probably did slow us down there for a couple of months and um, so we're a wee bit behind schedule but in fairness um the volunteers that are actually within the the village of where the new um McKeever park is have been absolutely brilliant um so we haven't really taken anybody in from outside they're all working over there themselves 
I don't actually live too far from from the new facility myself, which is very handy, so I can keep my eye on things as well. <laughs> and um, obviously, then corn contracts, um, the guys that are doing the work on the field, they have been consistent throughout. Uh, they've been working away behind the scenes also as well. So I have to say, um, it's to be honest, I think it's probably one of the best surfaces I have stood on in long many a day. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the girls getting news out of it now when they all come back to county training on the 14th of September. As you said, the girls will get the chance to be on the grounds as well. It's down um, your Killeen, if I'm right, right near the Carrickdale Hotel. Is that correct? Yeah, which is even better as well because the Carrickdale are our are main sponsors and they have been this past... Uh, this must be going into, well, what have been our 16th season, I think, with them, maybe 17th. Um, so the Carrickdale have been brilliant for us. So it means now that the girls can actually travel from the pitch to the hotel and use the hotel facilities also as well, which is brilliant because then... Um, We'd, we'd be lost with the carrot deal also. Um, but the facility is in, is, is in Killian um, Village as well, yeah. So it's it's literally one mile off the motorway, no matter which way you come, whether you're coming from the north or coming from the south. So it's actually very accessible um, to teams who maybe want to play and come and play challenge games and such, uh, you know, for that, um, for accessibility. There's very few um, ladies' organisations in the country to have a place they can call home as well. How important is it for Armagh Ladies Football that you have your own facilities and you have a place now that it's your centre of excellence, you can build on it, you can make it what you want and you can use it to promote and drive on Armagh Ladies Football? Uh, well, I think number one is our own girls themselves. Um, we have been very lucky this past three to four years where um, my own home club, Silver Bridge, uh, have been absolutely unbelievable to us for uh, training facilities for our girls. So Silver Bridge has been sort of home to us and our ma for the past three to four years. Um, in particular, Mickey Malley over there, who has been uh, unbelievable. I'm sure you know Mickey's brother, Eamon. And um, Mickey Malley has been an unbelievable stalwart for us for ladies football and is a very big uh, supporter of the county girls and being treated right and having the right... Um, facilities so on the other hand then you know I felt sort of guilty because we're taking up a pitch slot for some of the club teams that are involved there and it's not fair then on club teams being shoved out you know of their own facilities to make room for us so having our own home place and uh, number one it's accessibility as well for the girls girls that are traveling from Dublin traveling from Belfast to come to training it's very handy got to and plus it's there. It won't be pulled from under us at the last minute. Girls know every week from Monday to Sunday, you're training here and that's where it's happening. And they know there's no last minute change of direction. So instead of maybe training in Silverbridge, you know, last minute something happens and right, we we'll have to go to Lorgan now. So um, having a home base is something that I think that every county, you know, team should strive for. And it definitely will help us pro uh, progress. There's no doubt about it because when girls feel that we have done this, I think, behind the scenes, they will put more heart and more commitment into wanting to play for Armagh. And that's not the current squad. They're all there and committed. But we're looking at the younger players coming up through and hopefully they appreciate what we are doing and what the, what's what's happening over there in Killian. And I'd want them to want to put on an Armagh jersey and play for the county. And it is, it's a point that's often missed by a lot of people because with GAA, we just take it for granted if you play for this club if you play for this county you know you're you have your base and all that but i know stories of players that have left work uh, to go training and still don't know where they're going training 
until on the on the way too, which is very very hard for for players that are working as well, have lives too, but also want to represent their county. Yeah, and I suppose in the female code, um, you know, we have a lot of mothers too that are involved, and like so, you're organising maybe you, you could be organising a babysitter, maybe you have a partner or a husband or somebody at home, and they're involved in the GA as well, so they may be running somewhere too, and you're organising a babysitter, and that babysitter might might have to stay for an extra hour because the pitch you're going to is further away than what you thought. Yes, girls all obviously are either working or at college, um, and there has been last minute, you know, decisions that has happened. We with us in RMA, you know, like we have girls would have been travelling, say from Cavan, for example, um, and one minute they're heading for South RMA, and the next minute they're, they're changing direction and they're going to North RMA. So it it does knock, you know, girls then arrive to training and maybe they're late and maybe they miss something or. They're not they're not ready for it mentally because they had a torturous you know drive there. But now with this base, um, every girl will know, as I say, you know, previous. Uh, there's no change in direction. It's it's going to be here in McKeever Park, and there's nobody else going to be training over the top of them, or there's no rush to get them off. This is ours, and and that's the way it's going to be. Uh, hopefully from here now on in. Or no doubt the players will be looking forward to getting in there on September the 14th and beyond as well. You have the grounds now, you have the lease and it, you have the option to buy down the line. What's next now in the development and are you planning any fundraising in the near future? Well, we have to plan fundraising, but obviously at the minute with COVID it's going to be very hard. Um, I would be very um, much to the fore in the fundraising element. Um, I always have been behind the scenes Um fundraising for Arma this past maybe 15 or 20 years. Um, the, the problem is obviously with COVID now, asking businesses for sponsorship when people are all struggling and getting back to what we are calling the new normal. Um, some businesses maybe don't have that money to give anymore. And um, well, we, we, we do continue with our friends of Arma and you know that's, that's a one-off sign up every year and businesses give, give us what they can. And we don't turn anybody away, no matter what the donation is. Once you once you give that donation, you become a friend of RMA. And on the development side of things, unfortunately, with ladies football, um, we're not very blessed with funding or grants or council opportunities, because ladies football in a lot of situations is just not recognised. Um, GAA is, hurling is, camogie is, but ladies football for some reason or other is not recognised. So it means then that you can't you're actually wasting your time probably applying for a lot of it. I have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes and meeting local councillors. And to be honest with you, I'm not really making much headway there either. Um, I take time out of my own work to try and meet these people. And unfortunately, um, not getting great feedback from from anybody in particular uh, for council ways. And as for funding then, you know, it really at the minute is solely fundraising. Um, we had to get a sports loan um, for 100,000 and you know that's a big noose around our neck yes but to be fair you know I've always said that I'll probably you know always stay I, I may not I may not be chairperson forever but I will always stay behind the scenes and I would never start something that I couldn't finish and I would never leave a debt behind so uh, my personal ambition is to you know to clear that obviously and, and push on with the next development so you know we have spent about 120,000 on the new surface and um, which has been definitely well well spent and well worth the money and we now have started the fencing around the pitch itself um to secure the situation you know the, the actual pitch and keep it keep it safe and then obviously down the lane then we we want to build um a pavilion there like changing facilities a uh, video room gym and again that will all be accessible too to the locals in that area as well so um we want this as much as what the killian people want this because 
if you knew the area, it is fairly desolate, as in they don't have an awful lot over there, and they want more in their their own you know their own village themselves. So it will help Killian as well attract more people to their area too. It, you know, like I can I can I can envisage it, the finished project in my head, even if it might be 10, 15 years down the line before it happens. I just say, Shane, I'm so shocked when you say that um, ladies football can't get grants in Camogie. Can you know? You'd imagine with the the growth of ladies football, especially in the last few years, that you you'd have a stronger hand to play with, but obviously not. No, and it's very disappointing to me because you know you're banging your head up against the wall. Um, and I and I feel and I'm not being I'm not being I'm not disregarding. I played camogie myself for twelve years for for our local club here, and you know I appreciate all female sports and I think that it's brilliant that any any sport that can get a girl out uh, and keep an active is brilliant. But the fact that um, we're just really sitting and it's nothing to do with integration. You know this is a t- totally separate um, situation altogether. So, for example, like Sport NA and these these um, these companies, they they, do, they just do not recognise ladies Gaelic football, and unfortunately, we can't apply through the GAA because we're now, you know, doing this ourselves off our own bat. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, it is disappointing and it's it's disheartening if if more than anything that we can't actually apply for these grants, um, and there doesn't seem to be anybody that really wants to push it, um, and I would love for the Ulster LGFA to row in behind us on this as well. Um, and the LGFA also, obviously, at headquarters, you know, to push on. And, and it's not just for Armagh as a county. This could also apply to um, a girls' club uh, situation as well. Who Maybe there's a girls' club who doesn't have men's football or, you know, vice versa or whatever. So this would actually help uh, clubs also as well. They could play for fun down the line as well if needed. Well, it certainly should be too, because they they deserve to get those opportunities as much as anybody else for the sport, our gender, and all that. Just before we move on from this, Sinead, do, do you, you mentioned there you're looking for the Ulster um, Ladies Gaelic and the LGFA to help drive it on. Do you feel you're getting uh, sufficient support from them at the moment, or is it just you need more? Oh no! To be fair, the the um, LGFA and and Ulster have been brilliant. Ulster actually made a donation towards our our the Ulster LGFA made a donation towards our our campaign, which was brilliant. Um, and Eileen, uh, Ulster president, actually come up and Ronan McCarthy, the two of them come up and visited the site. They couldn't actually believe it. They just think that, you know they thought it was brilliant, and they have um, in fairness donated financially towards it and uh, do not do not expect anything in return for that, which is brilliant, which has helped us. Um, but it's just that I think, in an overall sense, it's not just about Arma. It's it's overall, in my opinion. Like we have what nearly two thousand five hundred girls registered in Arma, and that's the whole county. And when I talk about the councils, even, um, you know, there's like the Newry and Mourne council, which would cover the area that the, the pitch is in. But then we also have the the Arma Banbridge Craigavon council, which also covers the area that some of these girls will be travelling from to play in this facility. So whether a joint venture could be done through a council. And um, I feel that we're not. I, I feel that I'm not getting the support from our local councillors on it, and I do think you know that there's there's opportunity there to provide this for 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 girls all from all over the county, not just um not just South Armagh where the actual facility is based. Um, I do think it's an all county situation. And um, but no, the LGFA and, and and Ulster to be fair are doing as much as they can, and it's just I just think that it's maybe something that we need to push on more that clubs maybe need to inquire about more, and then if then if these companies see and these these you know um, people see that we there's a need and a want out there to support and fund these girls that maybe they will reconsider then you know 
we certainly hope they will and we'll definitely yeah. wish you the best of luck in trying to uh, change minds there and anything we can do here in Sports Stars to help promote what you're doing or get the message out there um, we we got the help out in any, any way that we can because I think it's important uh, for all players full stop to have that facility but also what it can produce down the line will be absolutely massive for our Mal ladies football Yes, thank you, Dan. Thank you. Now, uh, while we're talking about that, of course, on the field as well, the senior championship is is kicking off this weekend. You've had the league going in the, the last few weeks as well, but it's championship time now. It's knockout as well, if I'm correct, and do do correct me if I'm wrong with that. No, you're right. Yeah, it's knockout. Yeah. You mentioned your own club, Silverbridge. It's going to be a tough assignment for them because they're up against uh, the defending champions, Clonairn. Yeah, so they played a Saturday night in the preliminary round, and um, and to be fair, probably we've only had what maybe three maybe three to four rounds of the league uh, covered so far. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a strange year, I suppose, for everybody because, you know, teams obviously didn't get back training only, what, what it must be six, seven weeks now, maybe, is it? Um, so it's hard for any team, I think, this year. And it's going to be a, it, it's going to be wide open, to be honest, because it just depends on who looked after themselves throughout the lockdown. And, uh, you know, as a team, you'll, you'll probably see who has been working together you know, when the lockdown happened um, and girls obviously then either who have trained throughout themselves or who have taken a back seat, you know, it'd be pretty obvious after, you know, 20 minutes of football. Um, yeah, so Silverbridge have a tough assignment this weekend and it's down in Clanern as well. Um, it was, you know, when, when we when we done the draws, it was first team out home venue. Um, but look, at Silverbridge are backboned uh, by, you know, the likes of Maria Tennyson. Maria Tennyson's been playing football a long time and has, has great vision. And then you have other, you know, younger county players there as well. You have Neve Reel. Um, Neve's up and coming as well with the county. Great forward. She'll probably maybe do midfield maybe at the weekend. I'm not 100% sure. Um, you have the Murphy sisters. Um, and then you've obviously Neve's younger sister as well who's coming up through the ranks. On the, she's on the county minor panel, Aoife. And there's a lot of younger players there, Aaron McShane and different ones. And, and you know what? You know, sometimes all it takes is a bit of belief as well. Um, it's not, not you know, it's a big taskmaster. You're up against Clan Iron. You have half a dozen county players. You maybe have another half a dozen former county players. You probably have a half a dozen that should be playing county. They have a strong, strong squad. And they have big numbers. Um, like Tierna Grimes, the McCambridges, the Hendersons, the Colemans. Um, young players like Anna McStay. And then, obviously, um, the big story from last weekend was the return of Mags McAlinton and Mags Carville. I was just going to ask you about that shortly, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that was brilliant to see. And um, to be fair, even having Mags on the line alone for her, her, her vision and just to be there and, you know, be there for younger girls to see, it, it, would, it, it probably will drive them on that wee bit more, to be honest with you. Um, but again, you know, it's all on the day. It's down to the weather. It's down to the referee. It's down to all, the, all you know, all the different wee elements, lady luck. So, look, and I, I hope our girls definitely put up a good fight. And um, I, I don't want any game, you know, as a county chairperson, you don't want any game to be a walkover. You want, you want a good competitive football. Certainly do as well. And just before we talk about some of the other teams, I was going to ask you that question at the end. With everything we're talking about and everything going on in the world, uh, to see Max McAlind and Carville back in the field to play, that just, I say, made the week in Armagh football. Uh, yeah, to be and honest with you. Too. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, Darren, I, it was actually pure chance. Um, I had left at lastminute.com. I actually went to Mass on Saturday evening. I usually go Sunday mornings. I went to Mass on Saturday evening and I said to myself, God, I'm too late to, to get the 
half that game. And you know what? I says I'll go up to Drummond and I'll watch Drummond Hill and Clan Iron. I didn't even know Mags was uh, going to be back. I knew she'd been back at training. Uh, I didn't know she was going to feature. Um, and to be honest with you, when I seen her coming on, I seen her warming up, and I was like, "Is this woman coming on?" I couldn't believe it. That I was actually there myself to see it. So I was actually delighted that it happened to be. I think maybe I, I must have got a message at mass to go to that match. Um, because to be honest with you, I was delighted to see her coming back on. Mags would be Mags be a good friend of mine, and she's been hanging about Armagh long many a day. One of the best players we probably had up front for long, for many years. She was the captain in 2012. My wee girl was actually mascot that year. You know, she she just took Rosina under her wing, and you know, I have more photographs here of Horn Mags and Crow Park, and then obviously then down the lane she. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the circumstance was, was the match for Michaela, Michaela Hart. And uh, Armagh were invited to attend because we had won the All-Ireland that year. And she, the first person she rang was me and she was like, can I take Rosina down to run around casement with me to be the flag bearer? And, you know, you know things I got there that mean an awful lot. You know, Mag's a great girl and she's just, she's an unbelievable person. And for what she has come through, and she's actually finished her treatment a year today. Um, so it's 12 months 12 months she's she's finished her treatment and like look at her there you go she's back on the field to play and, and ready for more action you know and I think it's just absolutely brilliant so I think she's just a great example for everybody out there for everything that's going on in the world and you see the war and the hate and then you see something like that there it, it, you know it, it actually it, it lifts you you know it really does it's a story like that that just lifts, lifts our spirits as you said and yeah. a year later to be back in the field to play absolutely brilliant and and many, many more games ahead for Mags. Uh, we're talking about that game this weekend between Clonairn and Silverbridge. Of course, whoever does come through it, it doesn't get any easier in the quarterfinal the following week when they go up against Armagh Harps. Yeah, Armagh Harps, they were in the final last year and probably didn't perform last year. Uh, nerves maybe were part of that problem. You know, the first time back, maybe in the county final in a long time. Um, but look at backboned by again former county players and current uh, Fanula McKenna, uh, Kelly Mallon, and um, there's probably other players there who should again be playing county. And um, you've the likes of Aoife Lennon, you have the old stalwart Paula Powell probably back in nets. Paula is uh, in her fortieth year now, so she's a, a great experience. And then you've younger players coming up through the ranks: Casey Mullen, Emily Druce, Tierna McVeigh, and um, all great young players as well. And then obviously their new recent signing, Sinead Clark, coming up from Galway as well, which is a massive uh, boost to them. So yeah, I you know whoever comes out of that game this Saturday night, definitely from from there on in, you know it's 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 going to be a hard battle. The senior championship this year is going to be a good battle, I think. It looks like I'm just looking at the fixtures here in paper, and of course that's the first of the quarterfinals that takes place on the 15th of August. The preliminary yeah. matches we were talking about between Clonair and Silverbridge this Saturday night. Carry Cruppen have been a team uh, knocking on the door. They got the breakthrough in 2018. They were in the previous two finals as, as well. They've got a taste of it now. They don't want to get, get back, and they're going to be at home against Napoleon Drummondy. Yeah, well, it's actually Drum Hill this year, and um, Darren, there's a there's an amalgamation this year. Drum and T were very very close to folding, and Fork Hill were very close to folding, and we took a decision this year, and the clubs agreed on it that instead of losing these girls, um, from playing football altogether, and they amalgamated, and again they have a strong uh, contingent there of county players: Ethan McCoy, Shauna Gray, Megan Sheridan, and. Um, Nicole McKenna has recently joined the, the Armagh County panel as sub-goalkeeper, but I think Nicole's actually out injured. Uh, Megan's sister, Lauren Sheridan as well. And then you have younger players coming up through the ranks again, like Holly Morgan and young players that are on the county panels as well. 
Um, and Ciara Croppen, well, sure, everybody knows the most famous ladies footballer in the whole of Ireland is Caroline O'Hanlon. Um, and to be fair, you know, she's, again, unbelievable. And uh, what a stalwart for our game. Um, I don't know how she does it, but she does it. And um, probably this year, it's been a wee bit of a break for her now with the COVID, to be fair, bar the work element side of it, because she's a doctor. But uh, travelling back and forth maybe for the netball. So she probably... Hopefully that we rest will, you know, do her good. And then, she, you know, the Ciara the Cropping will um, get the benefit, benefit of that. Um, my sister also plays for Ciara Cropping, Sharn. She's there as well, former county player. Uh, Rebecca O'Reilly, another former county player. And then Anna Ciara's doing nets, who's our, who's our county keeper currently. And then, again, younger players coming up through the ranks, me of Waters and young girls that got there, again, involved in the county. I, I believe that that game will be very tight. Um, and I do think that will go toe-to-toe right to the end. Um, I've also got another sister involved in Drummer Hill, but she's expecting her third baby, so her Drummer Hill career didn't last too long. So thankfully, when I'm, at that, match, away. I'm going to say, <laughs> when I'm at that match, I'll not have to worry about who to sh- which sister to shout for, you know? So um, there'll be no family rows at the end of that one this year, thank God. But um, yeah, so so that I, I think that'll be, I think that'll be a, a real crunch game. It really will. I, I think that'll be a very good game, to be honest with you. If your sister, your older sister, played that game, that'd be definitely a match we'd be keeping an eye on there as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I would. I don't think brilliant. I would actually go. I don't think I would go actually. <laughs> uh, you, you would, you, you would be, you would literally have to play your chairperson's card in the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to have to stay on for that one. Sinead, it was one game that caught my eye and uh, well, uh, the other quarter final in the fifteen. I've seen Shane O'Neill's in All Ireland Intermediate Final. A few years ago in Parma Park, but they lost out to Anna Down. I was very impressed with them. And of course, um, general GA fans will know all about Crossman Thin Rangers. This promises to be an intriguing quarterfinal. Yeah, and again, backbone, two, two teams again, backbone by a lot of county players. Um, obviously, again, one of the one of the most famous um, younger county players coming through is Amy Macken. All the young girls love Amy. Um, Amy done her cruciate against Cork last year and that great win that we had. Um, She's back training. She hasn't actually played yet, so uh, will she save herself for the fifteenth of August? We don't know. Um, you know, and, and it would be great to see her back playing club football. But obviously, um, you know, we don't want we don't want her damaging herself either, because then we would hope to have her for for the county as well down the line. Obviously, then our younger sister Blahine as well, who's making making waves in ladies football too. Louise Kenny, another former um, county player, who probably should be back with us as well. Louise done her cruciate. Actually, I think done cruciate twice. And um, Louise is really playing good stuff there for Shane O'Neill's at the minute. And then young Yavin Jones as well, another another good player. And very young. Shane O'Neill's are very young. Um, very young, but very determined. And, and they're fast and they're fit. Um, and then you've Cross McLean. Cross McLean, again, you know, have ladies football in Cross a long, long many is there. Had many a battle with Cross McLean over the years ourselves. Actually won a junior county final in 19, I think it was 1997 against Cross in the athletic rounds. It was probably the first title we ever won. Um, so again, you have Avian Bell, you, you, Nee Donaldson there, Lauren McConville, um, Alex Clark, sister of Jamie's, um, Maria Waters is there as well. And then there's a lot of young talent coming up through Cross and Blaine, um, Ashley McMahon, Grace Fitzpatrick, young girls like that that are coming through the ranks. And if Cross and Blaine can get that mix of, of the younger and the older player and it, and it clicks, they will be hard to stop too. That'll be another one that really and they're very hard games to call as well. The last quarter final on Sunday, uh, Grange Neve Column Kill up against am I pronouncing right, Grey Moore? Green Moore, yeah. Green 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 Moore won the um 
intermediate title last year, and in fairness, won it very well. Um, they're again, Green Moor are a, a, a dual club um, with a lot of camogie players and um, football. A lot of them play both in the club, which I do probably think stands to them. Um, you know, because there's a lot of them play both. So in, in a lot of other clubs, you have scattered across and playing, maybe made up half a dozen camogie players. But in Green Moor, they seem to have a lot of girls. Maybe out of their first 15, they could have maybe 12 or 13 of those all girls playing both codes. And it does it definitely will stand to them for fitness-wise maybe as well. Um, and Karina Doyle is a new up-and-coming young player um, who stepped up to the senior panel this year with Adele Hagney, the two of them. Um, and they're making they're making their own they're making their own path through the senior county panel as well. And they're definitely well. Karina Doyle is definitely a player to watch for the future. And um, Kira Hill in there as well. Grange are backbone by the Michael sisters, um, who have been playing football a long time. And then obviously Derville Toll. Um, Derville is a former All Star for for RMA, played back in two thousand and five in in the All Irelands as well, and has her All Ireland title. Um, Derv is again a player who's been about a long time, doesn't need to be taught any new tricks. Um, and her sister also with any hitting as well. Grange are a strong, hard hitting team and they won't lay down, that's for sure. So, you know, yes, they're a wee bit older, but sometimes, you know, the older the wiser. Um so the youth the youth element of Green Moore and the uh, the experienced element of Grange, again, I, I honestly, you know, there's a fellow, Richard Bullock, does a lot of writing for us in the papers, and Richard says, right, Sinead, give me your predictions. I honestly can't predict any of these um, these games because I do think because of the COVID, we haven't seen an awful lot of the girls play together yet, you know, in their club games. So I don't know what, who's going to line out what team were, and, you know, I really don't know. I can't, I actually, I can't call any of them, to be honest with you, you know. I'm going to chance my arm in a second and ask you for an overall prediction. But before I do that, we just move <laughs> away from the club for a moment. We were just we touched on our mind the intercounty. Uh, two things: uh, first, the, the All Ireland Championship Group. It's it's really the tightest one of the lot when you look at form into account. Mayo and Tyrone. Um, we to be honest with you, I feel that we probably got the best out of the draw. Um, number one. Were, well, I think, well, initially we've been told that it, it was a home and away, and now I think it may not be home and away. It could be neutral venues where maybe there's a chance of a double header, I don't know. But thankfully, we don't have to travel to Mayo, and if we do have to travel to Tyrone, you know, it's only it's only across the road, really, you know. So we don't have, that's one good plus, I think, for us, that we don't have a massive journey. Um, look, we should have beat Mayo last year, um, in my opinion. Um, we, we were there or thereabouts. Um, Tyrone and Furness gave us a lesson during the league at the, at the start of the year I think we were trying out a lot of younger players and giving them a run out in the league and see how it goes um, I do think that the girls you know, there has to be fire in the belly and they have to return that and say look at that's not the team that we were that you played us in, in Silver Bridge in the league so I do think that's a good um, a good thing to have you know, that maybe that defeat to, to play on and put the fire in the belly as I say to return that back to Tyrone and the fact that we were so close to Mayo last year, I do think that's a great opportunity for our girls to step up and go. Well, hang on a second here, you know, we've got the pick of these, the pick of the pot, you know. So I do, I do think, um, again, it's going to be hard to know. It's the same thing as the club scenario. Um, who's been training throughout COVID? Who hasn't? Um, you know, what teams have have been working together? And you know, again, you won't know that really until 
the games actually commence, you know, and, and see how things go from there. There's not even any chance of seeing them really beforehand, you know, to see what way they're going to go unless there's a few challenge games or whatever. But um, I, I do I do, I do, do think we've got the pick of the pot now, to be honest with you. Um, and there's definitely, you know, when our yards then get on a bit of a streak, it's amazing, you know, what confidence I can bring to a squad and think, well, we're not too far away here from maybe playing a semi-final. Will it be in Crow Park again like last year? You don't know. Um, you know, it's it's you're two games away from it, like you know. And that is possible. And the thing as well is, like the general perception when you look at Armagh from the outside is while you're in Division Two now, and yes, Kerry were stealing the headlines earlier in the year, the form they were hitting. You always get the feeling Armagh are better than a Division Two team. Maybe a bit unlucky to get relegated the year they did get relegated because you've always put it up to any team that you played. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I suppose. Did did we did were we strong enough to go up to Division One this year? Uh, I I honestly don't know, Darren, because I tell you the cruciate to to Amy was a big loss. You know, and Amy was a massive loss. We had quite a few retirements as well of older, experienced girls. Um, and has anybody come through the ranks to to replace those players? Not just yet. Um, they're coming. They're definitely coming. But you know, you can't expect a seventeen or an eighteen year old to replace. The, the experience of a 34 or 35-year-old who has, you know, has hardened to the county, you know, county scene. Um, there's a lot of those younger girls have things to learn and they have to make mistakes to learn those mistakes from those mistakes. Um, so I don't know, honestly, I think Division 2 probably this year was probably just right for us um, because of the element of losing so many experienced players, you know, not just last year, the year before, over the past two years, the, those experienced players just slowly but slowly but surely drifted away um, and they were a massive loss and we still have to replace those players you know be important to get them as well but in say Division 2 could be the right place at the moment for that how important is it that there's an Ulster Championship before this year? Um, well I, I, I think an Ulster Championship no matter what when, when it takes place whether it's post All-Ireland Series or pre-All-Ireland Series I do believe that the Ulster Championship is the best provincial championship in the whole of Ireland. It's the most competitive. Um, it's we won't argue with you here. Yeah? We won't argue with you here. No, definitely. I think, I think, it's, a great, I think it's a great provincial championship. Um, and to be fair, you know, the girls love it themselves. The girls love playing in the Ulster Championship. Um, you know, and, and everybody in Ulster wants to win it. You know, so the, the, the competition, like, so this year, Donegal have actually opted out. Um, I don't know why or the reasons behind it. Um, there has been dates fired about. You know, we need to be careful probably with the dates and um, risking maybe injury for, for players going on if it is going to be um, pre-All-Ireland series. So it's something probably that we have to discuss with Ulster ourselves and, you know, with the four counties that are involved because we're all going to be in the same boat. Um, we're all, we all have an All-Ireland series to play and we have to protect these girls as well because if we rush them into something, then you're, you know, you're, your risk of injury is definitely going to be a lot higher. And you obviously want them girls fresh going into that All Ireland series, but definitely yes, you know we have opted in for the Ulster Championship, probably because it'll give girls more football as well, and it'll actually give the year more value that you know for training, so that they have something else to aim for. And I was always shallow, but if that happens pre or post All Ireland series, 
as you said, is definitely going to be a great lift for whoever manages to get their hands on the trophy. Yeah. Uh, Sinead, we're going to go back to the clubs. One last question because um, we've had a great conversation about bits, but I am going to ask you the prediction. Now, you can politely decline if you wish. I hope you don't. But I want to ask you who's going to win the, those matches over the next uh, couple of weeks. I'm asking you, if I put the gun to your head, who do you think would be crowned the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Champions? Look, on paper, you can't look past Clannard. Um They have probably the strongest panel. Um, you can't look past them, as I say, but I would not be surprised that there could be a shock element somewhere along the lanes. That's the beauty of knockout football. You just never know. Oh, I love it. Never I love know. it. No second chances. It's all, it's all, it's, it's hell for leather. And it starts this Saturday night, Clonairn against Silver Bridge, and we're looking forward to keeping an eye on how it develops. Sinead, really enjoy talking to you. And again, the very, very best of luck with McKeever Park and anything you want us to get out there and promoting that, by all means do, and we'll get out any message or support any way that we can. And well, we, have, we have a go, we have a GoFundMe link, so we'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you the link and you can fire it up with this whenever you're getting it fired out, Chris. <laughs> That that's perfect. There you go. That's over here. Any get, any any chance of a couple of pounds down there? <laughs> as a, as a, as a, as soon as we have it, we'll definitely assist in that as well. But we'll definitely fire the fire the link over to us, and we'll put uh, we'll put it up on the web and on the social media with the podcast as well. Brilliant, Darren. Cheers, Sinead. It's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks a million. The best of luck with everything with the rest of the season. Great, Darren. Same to you. Thanks a million. So before we go, let's look at the fixtures for the weekend and we're starting tonight, Friday, with the Leitrim Senior Ladies Football Championship. St. Francis take on Kilturbert at 8 o'clock in Drumshambo. Moving to tomorrow, Saturday, the Carroll Senior Ladies Football Championship. At Philly against Old Lockton takes place at 6.30, while Mount Leinster Rangers host Binny Kerryton Ryland at half seven. In the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Championship, the preliminary round game, defending champions Clon Aaron host Silverbridge, that's at 7.30. And in the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship at the same time, Kinsale welcomed Bride Rovers. There's also games taking place in Longford Senior Ladies Football Championship. We don't have details to hand at the moment. While two games are scheduled in the Monaghan Senior Ladies Football Championship, Emmett Oak is home against O'Neill Shamrocks, while Emmy Vale travel to Latham. Moving to Sunday, and we start with the Mayo Senior Ladies Football Championship. At 10 o'clock, it's Kilmore Moy versus Knockmore. Two games at half ten, Burishul against Moy Davids and Hollymount hosts Spinford Kilasser. And then defending champions Carnacon are out at eleven o'clock when they welcome Westport. In the Cavan Senior Ladies Football Championship, four games taking place, Gauna against Crosslock at half ten, and then three games at eleven o'clock, Arva Kilashandra against Kilgarry, that's in Michael Cully Park, Mullahorn hosts Lurgan, and Templeport St. Aidan's welcome Lacken. Donegal Senior Ladies Football Championship, both games join in at half ten. Terman travels to Nave Connell and Glen Finn welcome Bunkrana. On to the Sligo Senior Ladies Football Championship again, both games at 10.30. St. Michael's at home to St. Mary's and Turlow Strand welcome St. Nates. It's 11 o'clock for the two games in the Leitrim Senior Ladies Football Championship. St. Bridget's take on St. Joseph's in Ahavillan and Sean O'Heslin's welcome Glencar Manor Hamilton in Ballinamore. The Loud Senior Ladies Football Championship have their second round games all at 11 o'clock. Cooley Kickhams against St. Moctis in Father McAvoy Park. Newtown Blues are hosts against St. Feckins. St. Brides take on Roach Emmett in Pork and Kenny. And St. Kevin's Hunterstown take on Stabann and Parnells. That's in Pork, Queen and Nefa. And the Roscommon Senior Ladies Football Championship, 11 o'clock of the start again. Shannon Gales travel to Kilglass Gales. 
Western Gales are hosts to Clonagale and St. Mary's Tulsk take on Kilbride. Waterford Senior Ladies Football Championship 11 o'clock starts again and beside it the host for Comera Rangers while Ballon McCabry welcomes Stradbally to Millfields. In the Leash Senior Ladies Football Championship, there's two games at 12 o'clock. St. Paul's at home against St. Connets and Sarsfields welcome St. Bridget's. And finally, in the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship, 7 o'clock start in Rostellan Ada as Ada hosts Inch Rovers. Moving to Monday, 7.15 starts for the Wexford Senior Ladies Football Quarterfinals. Adamstown at home against Clongeen. Clonard Volunteers host Clonlee. Cross the Beg Ballymurn make the journey to St Anne's, and defending champion Chelmalier welcome Dumbrody Gales. The Clare Senior Ladies Football Championship begins in the same evening with two games down for 7.30. Cool Gales face West Clare Gales in Coolmean, and Dora Bearfield take on Kilmehill in Gertine. There's also two games in the Kerry Senior Ladies Football Championship. Buford hosts Nagale at 7 o'clock, while Southern Gales travel to Ratmore, details to be confirmed. And on Tuesday in the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship, West Cork meets Aero Oak at half seven in St. Columns. And in the Kildare Senior Ladies Football Championship, details not to hand yet, but you have Carberry against Suncroft, Conway against St. Lawrence's, Eadstown against Sarsfields, and Leakesub up against Moorfields. And moving to Wednesday the 12th of August, Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship, Clonagill, Fontenoy against St. Bridget's, that's in Rings Inn at 7.30. And it's also 7.30 starts for the other three games, Kilmacud Croaks against Fingallians and Park de Burka. Nafina welcome Foxrock Cabantili to Movie Road, and St. Fel- Sylvester's against Thomas Davis in Broomfields. And finally, the Tipperary Senior Ladies Football Championship on Wednesday, Fedard hosts Templemore, that game throws in at 8 o'clock. And that's it for another edition of the Curtain Razor. Make sure you keep an eye out on sportsdance.ie for any fixture changes over the next few days. Our team song is On The Verge from Joseph McDade and you can hear more from him on josephmcdade.com slash music. Keep an eye out for this week's The Fair Green episode and we'll be back on Monday with our weekend review on the third half. I'd like to thank our guests again, Ger Flanagan and Sinead Reel. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was The Curtain Razor.